Go ahead and turn in your copy of Scripture to 2 Timothy chapter 3. We've been talking about core values, the things that drive us as a church. And today we're looking at God's Word, uh, biblical truth. And this is an important piece for us, especially in a world in which uh, so many different ideas and opinions and, and thoughts, mushy convictions. Uh, we, we live in a world where if you have an opinion, that's treated as absolute truth. Uh, if you have an idea, uh, if you follow your, your heart, then that is treated as absolute truth and as a true way of navigating through life. But that's not really what the Scripture tells us, and that's not how life is experienced. Life isn't experienced as I make up my own rules and, or others make up the rules for me and I go along with it. No, uh, life is navigated as we depend upon uh, God directing our steps and giving us insight and direction on how to live. Uh, and I know this is going to be challenging for some of us because we have been raised to think perhaps that if I feel it strong enough, then that is okay to follow. Or if, if, if I think it long enough, then that's okay to pursue. But as followers of Jesus and as the church, we have a conviction uh, that we uh, treasure God's Word as the rule of faith and life. Uh, now, that is not just something we make up. It's built upon this idea that God has spoken with clarity and with finality in His Word. That's Scripture. That's Genesis to Revelation. And as we open God's Word every single week uh, through the study of God's Word in life groups or uh, here as we gather to uh, open God's Word and to hear from God through His Word, it is God directing our steps in uh, giving us insight uh, into uh, the life in which we live. Uh, a couple of things that I just want to encourage you to think of, okay? First, don't interpret God's Word through your own experience. Uh, when we do that, when we say, all right, this is my experience, so let me look at God's Word to validate that experience, certainly, certainly I understand why we do it, but that's not the beginning point. When we treasure God's Word as the rule of life and faith, it means that we interpret our lives, we interpret our experience, and we interpret the world uh, through the lens of Scripture. Uh, we treasure God's Word as the rule of life and faith. Uh, in your copy of Scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 3, we get this great clear understanding of what Scripture is. Why do we treasure it as the rule of life and faith? Why do we treasure it as the way to do life every day? Uh, well, 2 Timothy chapter 3 gives us insight into why we do life according to His Word. Look at verse 14, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14. Uh, Paul is writing to Timothy, a young pastor in the city of Ephesus, and he's giving him insight. Now, Ephesus was a, a world that in many ways, just like the world in which we live, there were a lot of competing ideas and different values. There were a lot of different ideas about how to do life. There were a lot of different perspectives, uh, a lot of different worldviews that came to bear in that city of Ephesus. And as people came to faith in Christ, uh, they began to bring those ideas and those uh, thoughts into the church. Now, 
what Paul does, he says, now, Timothy, um, at, 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 he says, you've got to preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. He says, you've got to, you've got to give them the word. Why? Why should Timothy be so uh, uh, focused and Paul so focused and us so focused on the word of God, Genesis to Revelation? Well, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14, Paul writes, he says, but you talking to Timothy, you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And then verse 16 and 17, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God, the follower of Christ, may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. As we look at this passage, what Paul does, he says, now, Timothy, let me remind you of what led you to embrace Jesus as Savior and King, what led you to take hold of Christ as the King of your life. You were taught the Holy Scriptures, and you embrace them as truth. And those Holy Scriptures led you to salvation through faith in Christ. The Holy Scriptures that Paul was referring to there was specifically the Old Testament, uh, the Jewish Scriptures of the Old Testament. And Paul was saying, those Scriptures that your mother and your grandmother taught you as a young boy led you to the place where you saw Jesus as the Messiah, the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. And you saw Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who died for sinners upon a cross, was raised from the dead to give new life. You saw him as Messiah as God's anointed one to set right everything that's been broken in this world. And because of the Holy Scriptures, the Old Testament there, um, it, you were led to faith in Jesus Christ. And the same thing is true for us. We have the advantage of both the Old and the New Testament. These Holy Scriptures that God has given to us by His Spirit to us. And these holy scriptures make us wise to salvation. They lead us on a pathway where we see that Jesus is our only hope. And we embrace him as our Savior and King. And on that moment, in that moment when we embrace Christ, we embark upon a new way of life with a new way of thinking and a new way of living. We become new creation in Christ Jesus. Uh, we, have been, we have been given a new way of life. Old things have passed away all things have become new. This is what we see happening in the first church. In Acts chapter 2, we see that Peter stood up and he preached this message and he used the holy scriptures of the Old Testament, uh, Psalm 110, Joel chapter 2, and he, and, he, and he pointed the hearers there in Jerusalem to Jesus. He said, Joel 2 speaks to us about uh, the Spirit of God being poured out on all flesh. Psalm 110 speaks to us about Jesus who came and lived and died for sinners upon a cross and was raised from the dead. We see this beautiful picture of Holy Scriptures leading people to see their need for Jesus. Uh, in Acts chapter 2, after Peter's sermon, the hearers, uh, convicted by the Holy Spirit of God, were drawn to ask the question, uh, they were cut to the heart, and they said, what must we do to be saved? And 
Peter said, you got to believe on Jesus. And in that day, uh, the, uh, the church in Jerusalem was uh, erupted in a flame of conversion. People were saved. Uh, 3,000 folks were baptized. But immediately following the baptism, in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 and following, it tells us what the church did. They, it says, and they devoted them steadfastly to the apostles' doctrine. Now, what is the apostles' doctrine there in Acts 2, 42? It is nothing less than the teaching of Jesus. It is nothing less than the Holy Scriptures of the Old Testament and the teaching of Jesus that we have in the New Testament. The apostles' doctrine is the deposit of Christ's instruction in God's Word to us. And so the church was formed, and they immediately began to invest in teaching the Word of God to the people of God, to, this, to the uh, newly formed followers of Jesus Christ. That's what we desire to do every single week and throughout the week, through our life groups, on-site and uh, uh, in your homes and off-site. We, we desire to um, uh, open your heart, your mind, your eyes, so that we all might devote ourselves to the Word of God, so that our minds might think according to God's Word, uh, so that our hearts might beat for uh, living in concert with God's Word so that our hands and our feet might move in sync with the will of God revealed in the Word of God. The Bible isn't just an ancient book that uh, gives us some sense of wisdom. The Bible becomes the true north for how we live. You know true north. True north is uh, that, uh, uh, that directional uh, that is straight to the North Pole. You know, you've got the magnetic north, and that is uh, a, a north that is off a little bit from true north. True north is directly from here to the North Pole. If you were to uh, mark true north, it, it's the reliable north uh, straight to the North Pole. And in navigation, that's important. You, if you know north, then you can go east. And if you know north, you can go west. And if you know north, you can go south. You can go northwest, southwest, et cetera, et cetera. In order to, uh, to navigate from here to there uh, without a GPS, you need to know north. You, you need to have that clear direction. True north. You hear it described in relationships or uh, in life. True north is that uh, center that helps me navigate from here to there. It's that center, that, that, that clear mark that says I'm going in the right direction. The Bible is true north for us. It is God's Word leading us uh, in the right way every day uh, in concert and in sync with His will. The reason God's Word is true north is because the Bible is breathed out by God. Uh, the, uh, as Paul writes, he says, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Inspiration is literally breathed out. And think of it this way. When Scripture speaks, we hear the voice of God. When Scripture speaks, Genesis to Revelation, we hear the voice of God. 
There is no greater direction that we can receive than from the creator of the universe and the maker of our soul. God himself speaks, so we follow. The Bible is the very voice of God speaking to you, speaking to me, giving us direction and giving us insight. That's why we listen to the Word of God above our emotions. We listen to the Word of God before we, uh, uh, as authoritative, uh, more than our emotions are authoritative. Now, we, again, live in a time where uh, we are wrapped up in this idea that if I follow my heart, I was watching a show just the other day, and, and that was a theme. Hey, listen, I don't know if what I did was right or wrong, but I followed my heart. So it must be right. No, 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 not at all. Now, the, your heart is not true north. Your emotions are not true north. What navigates us so that we make good, right, and holy decisions as followers of Christ and as people is the voice of God. And the Bible is the voice of God. We treasure God's Word as the rule of life and faith because it is the voice of God speaking to us. When we pick up the Bible and we open its pages and we read from it, we hear God speaking to us. Is that how you handle God's Word? Not only that, but we believe that God's Word is His voice that gives us insight on how to live every day. It gives us comfort through the promises, yes. It gives us uh, direction in the chaos of life. It gives us uh, insight into the very details of our day. We interpret our world, our circumstances, and our emotions through the lens of God's Word. God's Word is our true north because it is the voice of God speaking to us. Well, not only do we treasure God's Word as the rule of life and faith, it's the voice of God, breathed out by God, but we also need to understand that this voice that speaks to us is the voice of absolute truth. Again, I, I, I think it's important for us to go ahead and acknowledge there is an absolute truth that we must follow. Absolute truth is built upon the revelation of God supremely in the person of Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life, and through the Scripture that He has given us. Scripture itself is absolute truth. You read through Psalm 119, and you will hear over and over and over and over again the Word of God, the precepts of God, the commandments of God, the testimonies of God, all summaries of the Word of God. All of these are true. They're truth. They're righteous. They're just. They lead us in the way of life, and they lead us in the way of uh, productivity and fruitfulness and satisfaction. Why? Because God's Word is absolute truth. Now, there are going to be moments in, in time every single day that we live where we are facing um, a conflict. God's Word says A, and my emotions or my friends or my desires say B. If I follow A, then I'm being obedient to God's Word. If I follow B, then I'm being obedient to my emotions, my friends, or my will. So which one will I follow? 
as a church, we value God's Word, the Bible, as the rule of life and faith. That means that what we teach and what we believe and what we have as our core conviction is that every time we choose A, God's Word, we are walking the path that leads to life and blessing and joy. And every time we ignore God's Word for the sake of our emotion or our friends or our will, then we are walking a course that is contrary to what God wants, and it is disastrous and destructive for us. I shared this Wednesday night, and I think it's important for me to share it again. Psalm chapter 1 tells us clearly why we should um, hear the voice of God and follow the voice of God as absolute truth. Psalm 1 verse 1 says, blessed is the person. Now, that's where we want to be. We want to be blessed. But blessed is the person who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But blessed is the person who delights himself in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, it brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. But with the ungodly it's not so. They're like the, wind, uh, like the chaff which the wind drives away. Now, the comparison is very simple. If we listen to the voice of God, then we will experience blessing in life. If we uh, listen and obey the voice of God found in the Word of God, if we are zealous to meditate on it and give ourselves to it, then we will experience the life that is pictured by a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. But if we reject God's Word and follow our heart, we reject God's Word and follow our friends, we reject God's Word and follow the cultural norms of our day, we reject God's Word and embrace uh, these aberrant ideas that, uh, that, that are contrary to God's Word, then we will be like the chaff which the wind drives away. We have no stability in life. We will not, we will not thrive. We will perish. Friends, listen, the sure way for us to live a blessed life is to listen to the voice of God found in the Word of God, to obey it. Uh, in my uh, peer group, there's a lot of things, uh, a lot of talk today about the sufficiency of Scripture, the authority of Scripture. We've talked about that. It's the voice of God, therefore it's authorita authoritative. Uh, the inerrancy of Scripture, we believe that, that as God spoke it, uh, we have it, and it is uh, inerrant. It's infallible. It does not err. All right? So all of that is true. Uh, but we also believe in the sufficiency of Scripture. The sufficiency of Scripture means that it is sufficient to lead to life and blessing and glory to God in us as we obey it. Okay? Most people believe in the sufficiency of Scripture until the test comes. You know what the test is? The test is when the Bible tells us to do something we prefer not to do. Do we really believe that even if I prefer not to do it, if I will go ahead and do it, then that will lead to blessed is the person? Uh, or uh, we, uh, we, the test is uh, for us to 
let go something that we prefer to hold on to. A let go of, of bitterness or let go of anger or let go of, of slander or gossip or uh, uh, let go of, of uh, uh, lifestyle choices that are contrary to the ethic of Scripture. We, we look at uh, the things that the Bible tells us to let go of, but we prefer to hold on to them. We believe in the sufficiency of Scripture as long as we let go the things the Bible tells us to let go of. The result of obedience to God's Word is joy every single time. It may not be easy. It may not even be comfortable. It may be countercultural. But every time we obey God's Word, the result is joy and satisfaction because we're listening to the voice of God. The Bible is, and we treasure the Bible as the rule of life and faith because we are listening to the voice of God uh, through the Bible. Secondly, uh, we treasure the Bible as God's rule of life, as our rule of, for life and faith because the Bible uh, keeps us on the right course. Again, it is true north. True north is what keeps us on track, on track in this life, on track from here to eternity and throughout eternity. Now, that's uh, something of what Paul is getting at in uh, verse 16. He says, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's the voice of God. And it is profitable, beneficial for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. The Bible shows us the life that we must live to be centered in the will of God. And it shows us when we get off course of that life. The Bible shows us the way of recovery to the life that is straight and true and following true north. How do we navigate uh, the uh, twists and turns of a life that's chaotic and crazy? I was talking to my dad the other day on the phone, and he said, he said uh, how, how you doing? I said, man, I'm, I'm doing okay. Uh, he said, what are you preaching? And I, I was just honest. I said, well, Dad, and usually I plan sermon series and plan out the preaching calendar at least a year in advance. COVID has kind of messed that up. But right now, uh, I don't even have next month in place. I have great ideas about what uh, we should look at next month together, but I don't have clarity on it. And so I'm just sitting in a fog. This is what I told him. I said, I'm just sitting in a fog until clarity comes. And he laughed and he said, man, that's, that's great. But, but how do we get clarity when we're sitting in a fog? We go to God's Word. And God's Word is God's voice. And God always speaks to us in the fog to lead us in the right direction. Now, that might not be a long-term plan. It may not be a five- or a ten-year plan. Sometimes it is a one-minute plan. But if we go to God's Word, His Word will uh, give us the doctrine we need to know that we are in God's will. It will give us uh, the uh, uh, reproof that we need when we uh, are moving beyond God's will. It gives us the correction we need to get back on course in God's will. It gives us instruction in righteousness so that we know how to stay in God's will. I think of it this, day, this way. When you're driving down the road, there's a double line in the center of the road to keep us on our side and keep the oncoming traffic on their side. If, if 
That double line is there to keep us and others from tragedy. Uh, now, that double center line, that's the doctrine of Scripture. That, that is the teaching us. Uh, you stay in this lane. Don't get in that lane. You stay on this course. Don't get on that course. The Bible tells us how to live emotionally, relationally, intellectually, uh, in, in a hostile world, in a comfortable world. The Bible gives us uh, doctrine on how to stay in the center of God's will. That double line uh, that keeps us in our lane, uh, that is doctrine. If we cross that line, then the policeman will give us a ticket. That's reproof. The Bible tells us that if we get out of our lane, the Bible itself corrects our course. Uh, when we decide that, that we're going to follow our heart, we read in Jeremiah, the heart is deceitful above all things. Who can know it? And that helps get us back on course. When we face a particular temptation that comes our way and we are tempted to go after that temptation, we read no temptation is, uh, uh, has overtaken us except that which is common to everyday people. Uh, and with the temptation, God gives us a way of escape. It's correction, gives us courage, gives us confidence that if we depend upon God and His Word, speaking His voice to our heart, uh, when Scripture speaks, we hear the voice of God, we're listening to God, so God's Word speaks, and I adjust to get back on course. That's reproof. Doctrine, the double line, reproof is uh, the policeman telling us to get back in our lane. Um, but because of grace, we uh, can take defensive driving uh, to alleviate the pain of a ticket and learn how to drive better. So uh, uh, defensive driving or a driving uh, course that we can take, uh, that's correction. It corrects the way we think so that it corrects the way we live. Uh, we need to understand that the Bible itself is key for us living uh, the right path. Uh, instruction in righteousness, and we'll talk about that in a second, but instruction in righteousness, uh, righteousness itself, it means the right path. If you and I want to make good decisions, wise decisions, right decisions, we need to consult God in His Word. Now, so many of us, we uh, consult uh, uh, the mediums of our day, whether that's social media or uh, the stars or uh, astrology, whatever, you know. I mean, we, we go to different places and we say, what should I do? All the while, we have God speaking to us in His Word. What we must do is go to God in His Word and say, God, speak. I listen. I'll follow your path. And today, if we will follow the will of God, revealed in the Word of God, uh, we will stay on the right course. Again, the Bible is our true north, not our emotions, not our thinking, not science, not nothing wrong with those things. Our emotions are given to us by God as a, 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 a measure of His common grace. Our intellect is given to us by God as a measure of common grace, uh, the uh, the. Uh, these things have been given to us, and they're not bad. Science has been given to us as a, 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 a grace, a measure of, of common grace to us. And all these things are important. They're useful tools, but none of them compare to God speaking through His Word. We must follow 
the Word of God, to walk in the will of God. The Bible is the voice of God. The Bible is uh, that which keeps us on the right course. So we treasure it as the rule of life and faith. Today, my challenge for us is not only do we uh, treasure God's Word because it's His voice and treasure God's Word because it keeps us on the right course, uh, but we treasure God's Word because the Bible is our tutor for everyday living. The Bible is our tutor for everyday living. That's instruction in righteousness. Instruction in righteousness is how to live every day in the right path. And that instruction in righteousness leads us to be thoroughly equipped for everything that God has designed for us to fulfill. Instruction in righteousness is that everyday tutor that we need to help us navigate from here to heaven. Um, you have particular things that you're facing, and, and I understand that they may be complex and they may be difficult. Uh, they may be uh, life-changing and life-altering and life-draining. All those things are true. That's life. Um, some of the things that uh, you face and I face are things that are put upon us by our circumstance or somebody else's sinfulness, and, and they are weights of pain upon our soul. How do we navigate those days, every day? How do you navigate when a boss is particularly uh, um, um, overbearing and uh, inconsiderate or uh, uh, has uh, unrealistic expectations? How do you navigate that? How do you navigate a spouse that uh, seems to have his or her heart closed off from you? How do you navigate a child that is determined to uh, rebel against everything that uh, God has planted in you and in your family? How, how do you navigate the loss of a parent to death? How do you navigate um, debilitating illness, um, chronic disease? How do you navigate those things? And can I tell you, that's beyond me, and I appreciate when you want to come talk to the pastor, and, and I appreciate that. I really do, but can I humbly suggest that those circumstances are beyond me, just as they are beyond you. But remember, we have an everyday tutor, the Spirit of God speaking through the Word of God to our everyday life situation. The Spirit of God speaks to us through the Word of God and opens our eyes to see how to live in confusing times or discomforting times or ambiguous times. We, we, we begin to understand how to live. Here is the challenge for us. Will we listen to the voice of God? Stay on the right course and obey His instruction so that we might be thoroughly equipped to live the good work life that he's designed for us to live, to be productive as followers of Christ for his glory. Now, will we listen to God speaking through his word, or will, will we listen to other voices? We treasure God's word, the Bible, Scripture, as the rule of life and faith, 
because it is our true north. It is the voice of God speaking to us. It is uh, the gift of God to keep us on the right course. It is an everyday tutor for us in life. So why don't we obey God's word? Well, because we listen to other voices too long and too loudly. If I go back to Psalm chapter 1, I focused a few moments ago on what Psalm 1 tells us leads to a fruitful, productive, persevering kind of life. It it is the person who delights himself in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night, and he'll be like the tree planted by the rivers of water, brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. That's the kind of life we want, but why do we not embrace that life that God's Word promises to give? I think it's because, more often than not, we're listening to the wrong voices. And verse 1 of Psalm 1 says this, Blessed is a person who doesn't do the following. These are the things you've got to avoid. You don't, stand, you don't uh, walk in the counsel of the ungodly. You don't stand in the path of sinners. You don't sit in the seat of scoffers. Those three images are voices that speak to us. One, those that don't care about God, they speak into our life. And two, those who... Uh, may understand who God is, but they uh, decide to go their own way in, uh, in, con- in, in conflict with God's word and God's will. Um, and then third are those that mock God and mock what he uh, has told us to do. Anytime we decide to listen to toxic voices like that, and sometimes coming from our own mind or heart, anytime we choose to... Um, listen to those voices and follow those voices, we're headed for disaster. And that's true in your relationships. If the Bible says that it is a sin to have uh, intimate physical relationship outside of marriage, it's never right to do that. And if you follow your heart, that leads to a lifestyle inconsistent with the will of God, it will lead to tragedy in your relationship and difficulty and pain. And God's not the uh, cosmic killjoy trying to rob you of pleasure. God is uh, the, the creator of all things and the one who loves us best, and he wants us to experience life in all of its fullness. And the only way we can do that is if we live life the way he intended. So which voice will you listen to? The one that where God is speaking or the one where your heart is speaking? Listening to toxic voices leads leads us to uh, uh, dangerous places that um, uh, creates consequences uh, that are disastrous for us. Today, I want to challenge you and challenge me, not only to hear God's Word, not only to read it, but when reading God's Word, I know that I'm listening, hearing the very voice of God. When Scripture speaks, God, we hear God's voice. And not only that, but when I get off course, that I would allow Scripture to direct me back in the path that is consistent through repentance and confession. 
And when I'm confused or uncertain or living through a particularly challenging time, every day that I wake up, oh God, show me the way to go, how to live, what to do, how to speak, how to relate to others through your word. The word of God equips us thoroughly for every day but we've got to follow it. So I challenge you and me, let us treasure God's word as the rule for life and faith. And let's be like trees planted by the rivers of water, brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. And whatever we do shall prosper. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, infinitely above and beyond all that we ask or imagine, According to the power that he's working among us right now, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to every generation forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. 